smell what the rock is cooking. Hello and welcome back to Rock Starring. I'm one of your hosts, Eric. Hi, this is Megan. <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk about The Rundown. But before we get to that, a little bit of background stuff. First of all, uh, I mentioned we've mentioned our buddies on Dead Bat, Kyle and John. They started their podcast again this week. Um, <clears throat> it's really good, though very unfiltered. Uh, they don't give a crap about PC, so don't expect them to tippy-toe around any of their subjects. But I still love them. So that's, uh, that's that. And then the second thing I wanted to mention is uh, between the rundown and watching the movie and doing this record, we went out and we got some food. That's where the crinkling was coming from. And Sorry. No, no, no. I, I want to clarify something. Uh, I know we've been having a very lighthearted tone with this, and we're going to keep doing that. But I don't want anybody to think that means we're not aware of how bad things are getting out there for COVID and with the shortages we're facing. Um, we went to Wendy's to get some stuff. They actually had items that you couldn't buy because they don't have the proper beef. And I guess the point I'm getting at is just because we're trying to keep this lighthearted, trying to keep our non-existent audience at this point, but you know, eventually our audience upbeat, we're not unaware of how things are. And uh, we just want to say to anybody out there who happens to hear this, stay safe, stay healthy, and look after each other. Because that's what we all need to do. You back me up on that, Megan? Yeah. Good. All right. So, back to the, uh, the fun stuff, or at least theoretically fun. <laughs> we'll be talking about The Rundown. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll let Megan go first, since this was her first time seeing it. Uh, what were your impressions, having just seen the movie for the first time? Uh, it was a fun movie. It's not like the greatest movie of all time, but I did enjoy it. It was, it was, it was a nice, fun little little diversion. Yeah, a little fun little action film. Mm -hmm. And it was not in, and not in a so bad it's good way like some things we've seen so far. I know I, you, I think I think it was actually pretty well done. You know? Yeah, it was it was genuinely enjoyable. Ending issues but like Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because yeah, we'll this, this is a this movie is obviously heavily influenced by the era yeah, it came out in. Yeah, it's pretty good but it's still very much 2003. Yeah. Uh, as for me, if, if anybody has been listening to these in order, you know that I was actually looking forward to this movie because I remember this movie very fondly. And I haven't seen it in about six to ten years. No. My opinion of it has dropped a little. It wasn't that I don't like it now. I just don't love it as much as I remembered loving it. I think I had the rose-tinted glasses on to a certain extent. Uh, but it's still a really solid movie. And I'm actually very impressed with The Rock's performance in this one. Yeah, he's, he was actually really good at it. And yeah, he was... He Whereas in The Scorpion King, I defend him because that was his first leading role. And, and it was kind of... It's still a fun movie. It's still a fun movie. But he was clearly outshadowed by all the people around him. Yeah, and this one, it feels more like the first time he was settled into being a movie star. Yeah. Uh, he really does command the character of Beck, what character there is. Yeah. Very well, in yeah. my opinion. He interacts very... very. Some of his interactions in uh, The Scorpion King yeah. felt not necessarily stilted, but staged. Like, yeah. you could tell he was acting. You could tell he was acting in a movie in front of 
a camera. A limited audience and yeah. a camera. And this one, almost all of his interactions felt very natural. Like, it really did feel like he was actually talking and to Almost like you really kind of want to know what happened to make him this way. But yeah. they never explain in the movie because, you know, it's an action film. And he's just the cool dude. He's just a cool dude. <laughs> uh, so the movie starts uh, with the character of Beck, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, going through the trouble of, um, he's going to a club. And the club has uh, a guy, he's a retrieval expert, which basically means he's an enforcer for collection agency. He's a collector, basically, on debts. And uh, there's a football player named, I believe, Capper or Napper or something like that. I don't know. And he's... uh, I don't know anything about football. I don't even know if these are real football I don't think these are real football I don't think so either, but like, hey, why not? (laughs) Anyway, the guy in question uh, said uh, he owes $50,000 and uh, Dwayne Johnson has back is there to collect it. And Dwayne Johnson is very, very polite about it. Uh, oh, before we get to that, yeah. uh, we should comment on the great Schwarzenegger cameo. Yeah. Because there is, as Very Beck, minor, but... Very minor. Apparently, yeah. going to... Okay, the scene is that when Beck is walking in, uh, 2003 Schwarzenegger is walking out. And he literally says, have fun, as Beck is walking by him. And... and I know... Uh, I. Without any context, I didn't look it up or anything. I was like, oh, that felt like a like a minor passing of the torch kind of thing, which is kind of funny, but still. Yeah, it's... it's it, a... I agree with it, but I also realize that Schwarzenegger still has, like, a career? Yeah, well, it, it, remember, in 2003, I think, is when he started his, his, his legitimate push to become the governor of... Yeah, that's when he was... He was moving into leaving, politics. He was leaving acting at that moment. Yeah, he was moving into politics, I believe, and... This felt, at the time, and to a certain extent even today, like he was passing the torch to The Rock as the new big up-and-coming gigantic attraction. He was right, but still. Man. Yeah. Well, the thing is that with, with the hindsight was, of 2020, it's a little weird because... It was a little early. Yeah, because one, Schwarzenegger, I think, has had arguably more movies that he's been in since 2003 than... Dwayne Johnson has because he's done all three of the Expendables movies. Yeah, he did. He's done uh, the Escape Plan. He did. Um, like I said, he's done a couple. Two of the, the the Terminator movies, Genesis and Dark Fate. Yeah, he's done a couple <clears throat> of um, indie films. I, I yeah. can't remember. I, I can't. There was one I heard that was pretty good called like Molly or something. I think it was Molly. It's the one. It's the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, but one. it was like I heard it was pretty well done. For, I've heard it was really good for him. Yeah, uh, he did a couple of the Walking like Tall series. movies. I think. Walking Tall. No, Walking Tall is... Dwayne Johnson, but I think there was another Walking Tall that he was in. Oh, um, wow. I could be wrong. It might have been beforehand. I'll, I'll check. But um, anyway, the, it's just weird to see him... Still no proper kindergarten cop sequel, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're all missing out. Um, <laughs> We're all missing out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's been in quite a few movies. And, and to be fair, this was... Like, the rundown came for a movie appearance, follows after Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Which is not... Is arguably the worst Terminator movie. I, I hate them. I don't know, Genesis is worse. Yeah. I, it feels like a, a pandering mess that hates the people who love this, who love the franchise, but before, ironically. <laughs> yeah, but before that he was in Collateral Damage and The Sixth Day, kind of... Yeah, it was one of his career before that was End of it Days. Was, it's like before that was Batman it was and Robin. Like, eh. 
Wow, you know Schwarzenegger. I never realized this. Did three? Did Jingle All the Way followed immediately by Batman and Robin, followed by End of Days. <laughs> like three. I mean, End of Days is is arguably okay for a. If that if End of Days came out in like the seventies, it would have been a major hit. But it's <laughs> it, it missed the Satanic Panic by about fifteen years. Uh, <laughs> so looking watching it now, it just comes across as like really weird and Satanic panicky. Yeah. Whereas, but you know, that's that's. It doesn't really matter. This is not what this podcast is about. Anyways. No, I just I just noticed that. But I, yeah. like, he's done a lot of movies and TV show appearances yeah. since that. I don't know if it's more. I than... don't hate Batman or Robin. I think it's one of the best. So bad it's good movies, mainstream wise. <laughs> but I don't know if he actually has more appearances in films and TV since this era. But it's at least it's not like nothing. No, it's and not arguably like his nothing. career got a re- major reboost with the Expendables movies. Yeah, a lot of people got a reboost. Like, or just out of all of the like major three major big dudes in the eighties that yeah. got films, I think he's had the most films out of all of them. You know, yeah, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and well, who, uh, well, there were several. There big, was a lot of big names, but I'm I'm just saying, out of all of them, I think he actually has had like. Well, Seagal has the most movies, but most of them are terrible. Yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> the most like okay, okay to better movies mm-hmm. would be him. So, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. But uh, let me pull this a little bit closer. All right. So, uh, yeah, the 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 story. Uh, so Beck goes into the the club and there's, you know, I have to say They're props. playing Missy Elliott. <laughs> yeah, Megan wow, and I I'm were like. so freaking white. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing Missy Elliott's, a remix of Missy Elliott's Get Your Freak On during yeah, the fight scene. I love that song. I love that song, but it was amazed to me how long it's been since I've heard it. Because I do listen to a lot of, like, 90s and 2000s channels on radio and stuff. And I haven't, or YouTube compilations, and I have not heard that song in forever. Nothing made me feel so old than when Missy Elliott came out with, like, a single, like, two or three years ago. And there were kids like, who the hell's Missy Elliott? And I was like, I'm old! (laughs) We are the old. I'm old old now. We're, we're that song. I'm and, not even that old, and I'm old. <laughs> yeah, there's a song on Married with Children called "We Are the Old, We Are the Ancients," and it's legitimately funny because it's about a bunch of singers that, when we were kids, were old. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, we should be singing that. <laughs> Remember, all stars and oldies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway. I'm old. <laughs> Anyway, uh, The Rock is really, really polite. He goes in as back and tries to convince the guy, look, I, I need your money, and if you don't have all the money, I need your football ring to, as, as collateral. collateral. Yeah. I, you'll get it back, I promise, but I need it. And the guy is a bit of a jerk Clearly arrogant, thinks just because he's with his other football buddies, he's going to be fine. Yeah, so Beck goes into the, the, the washroom and says, uh, calls his boss and says, please don't make me do this. Not tonight. At least another night when he's by himself or something. Or, yeah, I don't want to put all the... It's not that he's scared. He goes, he's he literally, just a big fan of this football team. He literally says they have a chance to win the goal. I really don't want to put the to, put the, to hurt them. <laughs> and he, he goes, okay, fine, I'll do it, sir. So he goes back out, and he uh, he kicks, kicks their ass. ass. They are like one pulls good. a gun out, and he's just like, "Poof!" Yeah, like, Beck, we we should comment. Beck has 
Megan noticed this. It's kind of the ability that Sh- that Sherlock from the Sherlock yeah, TV show mix- has. Yeah, he has like the Sherlock, like the no, not the TV show, the the movie Sherlock Holmes. The, Which one? The Robert Downey Jr. Downey- one. Okay. I well, know this is before that movie, but in the movie, he when he's observing, it's particularly in the boxing scene, he's observing the guy's movements. And he basically predicts predicts what he's going to do next based on what he's observed, mm-hmm. and it looks basically like that one in the movie uh-huh. with a mix of like I don't know Matrix stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can tell this was a little influenced by the Matrix. There's like three it's movies. By like, there's three big movies that came out Matrix. like within. Matrix, Born Identity, yeah. and uh, American Pie. Oh, I know. Strangely enough, that all American three of them Pie. are heavy influences. My least on this favorite film. of those three. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get into the American <laughs> Pie stuff, but um, this movie had obviously had influences from all three of those movies. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, the the idea of the rundown is that uh, he kicks their asses, and I actually like the fighting in this. It was pretty good. Yeah. I wish it was filmed a little bit more stably, but I I don't I mind think it. We, we we're in. We're in the John Wick era, where um, action is now filmed properly. So it's like it, it's in, in hindsight, we're like, oh, if only. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, it's when Born action. Identity is a good movie, but I, I apologize. I, I, what? <laughs> I interrupted you. Oh no, go ahead. No, but Born Identity is a good movie, but I do hate what it did with like. The camera work, it, it only works in that movie, really. It doesn't really work in most films that are action. Yeah, I, I like, um, for example, the opening, the first Hunger Games movie has yeah. heavy, born, shaking uh, camera influence. It's uh, kind of annoying. Uh, also, I think this was post um, Armageddon, so mm-hmm. it was right when, uh, like, the Michael Bay form of, like, you know, cutting randomly and having the camera constantly moving yeah. was big. Um, and it's all these together don't the make the audience this movie has better. ADHD. We can't have him sitting on one thing for too long. Yeah, <laughs> I, the thing about John Wick that I love is that it's filmed almost like 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 it's almost like the camp like the the action scene and the camera are dancers and they're moving around each other in sequence. That's yeah. what makes it flow and work. As really two well. people who probably have, well, I know you definitely have ADHD. I might. I don't know. We. We don't need movies to do this. Please, calm it's, down. Sit for a second. <laughs> it's been a while since this has been a big thing, so I'm not as worried yeah, about it. Yeah, it's not as bad as it was. Honestly, we're... Honestly, we're watching movies at a better time when action's filmed a lot better. Yeah, The Raid and, and John Wick have done a lot to make action movies a lot more fun yeah. in the modern era, but we're getting off topic. The, Again. The, back to the rundown. It's okay. We're, we're ADD. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, getting back to the topic. So he kicks their asses and then takes the ring off the kid, the, the football player, and then goes outside and then immediately gets shot by uh, a guy with shotgun beanbags. It, it was like a beanbag uh, it was, It's for riots. Thing. It's yeah, for riots. It's a riot gear gun, and he yeah. gets beanbagged in the face and the shoulder. <laughs> and he just drops, and then the guy comes over and says, hey, give me the ring, and he takes it. And apparently this guy Thank was... Thank you, and it turns out he was working... He was working for The Rock's boss. He was working for Beck's boss, which is such a dick move on on this (laughs) boss's part. And I love the fact that that Beck shows up and complains, and the boss is like, yeah, what are you complaining about? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His boss is an absolute asshole. You can can feel that, yeah. Um, which I, I really like. I respect that. I've seen that actor in a few things. I can't place any of them right now, but he always plays a really good dickhole mm-hmm. in all of his movies. 
Um, too, yeah, too bad he gets outshined by the greatest villain in this movie. Oh, don't but worry. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, in the film, um, apparently Beck has an obsession with cooking, which is really sweet. And I like that it's not it's not played effeminately, yeah. nor is it played like it's a, it's a knock on his masculinity. It's just one aspect of his character. He yeah. likes to beat the hell out of people, and he likes to cook. Just, Honestly, he doesn't even like to beat the hell out of people. It just he's just really good at it. He's just really good at it. And, but he likes to cook. He enjoys it. Like it literally, the movie opens with him listening to an AM station about cooking. About they're uh, talking about uh, mushrooms. Yeah, they talk about mushrooms for that day. Yeah, and he's writing down in his notes what he wants in, to make. I think and, in the credits it said something about Food Network at the at the bottom, which maybe. is adorable. It is adorable. I, I didn't like the fact that Beck is just a, he just likes to cook. He wants to open his own restaurant. He wants to do his own restaurant. He wants to move on with his life and get away from the collecting business. And yeah. apparently his boss says, okay, I'll give you two fifty large, $250,000 for investing on your, uh, on your restaurant. Uh, but you have to complete this one last collection for me, and it's to bring me uh, this kid, Travis Walker, who is the ba- Beck's boss's son from his third marriage, mm-hmm. and it's obvious the two of them don't like each other. Yeah. And um, so, and he's out in, down in Brazil, which was actually filmed in Hawaii, but it's passing for Brazil. Yeah. And Beck says, okay, the guy says, he literally says, if you walk him through that door, then you and I are square, and you'll get your money for your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so Beck goes, all right, I'll do it. And he takes a flight down to uh, Brazil. On the on a plane with that's held together with duct tape and fill, and uh, piloted by the most Scottish man to ever Scottish in well, any film ever. Ironically, according to the IMDb, what the... It's really bad. Although Scottish. that actor is actually Scottish, apparently he was doing a Northern Irish accent for no real reason. And I really wish they dialed it back. I get the impression it was I meant to be... I could not understand yeah, what I think saying. it was meant to be funny, but it's just distracting. It's hard to make out what he's saying. Yeah, like, they went too far with it, and I yeah. could not hear what he was saying. I'm like... I think, like, okay, we're we're putting out a great example that came out around this time. Hot Fuzz has that one guy, that one cop that cannot understand it. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful joke. But the thing is, the reason that joke works is everybody else understands him except (laughs) the main character. And then the main character does understand him by the end of the story because he's finally become part of the group. And when you're watching the movie, you almost start to understand him. Yeah, Especially if you watched it, like... The best scene is when there's the... 50 to 100 times, like I have. Especially when you're... The best scene is especially when the old man is talking and his accent's even worse. Yeah, he's just and like, he's oh, transla- Yeah, and then the guy, the old man, the old cop is translating the, the old guy with all the guns. And then another cop has to translate the, <laughs> the old and cop. And he's translating for the old cop who's <laughs> translating for the, the neighbor. The neighbor, the old guy with all the guns. It's, it's it, Hot Fuzz is a great movie. Watch it if you have a chance, Please. if you haven't yet. It gets better each time you watch it. Too. Yes, it is a legitimately good movie. And the more action films you see, especially the ones they reference in the movie, the more enjoyable that movie becomes, which is a rare thing in film. Usually when you find out what they're making fun of, it makes that movie worse. I just appreciate the Cornetto trilogy so much. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, let's get back to the... To the rundown? Yeah. So anyway, he arrived. I, I, I wish they dialed back the accent of the actor. I think I've seen him in a few other things. He's not bad. I just wish his accent was a little less grotesque. He's kind of. Yeah, he's killing it in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, but he's committed to it. So props to the actor yeah, for going. Yeah, it's not. He's not in it enough to like to really destroy the movie. Yeah. And I, I, I want to clarify, he is not a bad actor, nor is this joke 
bad in concept. I just think it wasn't executed very well. And I don't blame the actor for that. I don't. I kind of blame the writer director who it's said that was a good idea. Probably the director who's like, "Go farther. You need to." Like he probably did his normal accent. He's like, "That's not far enough. We need to not understand you." So he was like, "Okay, well then I'll go all the way." Yeah. And, and it, again, it's it's not trying to knock anybody. I just I I really do feel like the movie it isn't funny enough to justify what it does to the film. There are funny jokes in it, but some of them. Yeah, we'll get to one of them I really don't like. I, I'm sure there are people that love it, though. Uh, but anyway, um, so he walks in. It turns out this entire area of Brazil is a giant mine that is being run by a guy named Hatcher, played by the best villain in the movie and one of our greatest living actors, Christopher Walken. <laughs> He's not com- he's not completely over top of the top in this one. No, not completely, but, but he he, he tap dances on he that He tap line. dances on the ham a little bit. A, a little bit. He, he's especially at the end. Yeah. <laughs> he's like I I actually love his performance in this movie. I'm so glad he's in it because he uh, the, the it adds pe- another layer of funny. In yeah, it, it does. Yeah, Christopher Walken is genuinely hilarious in this role, but only because it's so it's such a hateable role, and he's relishing in it. Yeah. Like, you want to hate this guy. And you do hate him, yeah. but you also are like, well, but it's Christopher Walken? <laughs> but then uh, you're like, wow, he's evil. <laughs> the premise is that this guy is basically running a slave... A strip mine. A strip mine with, with like, a slave yes. army that is being paid, in quotations, but he's also charging them for everything that they would need to survive. Yeah. And he's only paying them just enough to cover the cost of all those things. It's so, pretty disgusting, actually. Yeah. I think this is something that actually happens in like a lot of like diamond mines. Well, Africa, apparently so. that, that montage when they were cutting around yeah. apparently is based on actual photos from similar situations. Yeah. The, guy, the camera was actually designing... According to the IMDb trivia uh, uh, It's actually thing, one of the anyway. most serious things in this movie. It's kind of like jarring. Like yeah. I said, it's, I think that happens in like actual diamond mines and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really, really terrible. Oh, uh, one thing I will say in, inside, although this one of the, this movie had two other titles before it got the rundown. One was Hell Dorado, and that's why I wanted to bring that up at this point, because although that's a very bad pun... A it, very terrible name for a movie. A very terrible name for a movie outside of like a sci-fi channel original horror film. Yeah. Uh, it does make a certain amount of sense if the whole point of this movie was about the gold mine and that the people were Because that's being... what they, they... You actually see it on a sign in the movie. Yeah. Where it said El Dorado and then they weren't... Hell Dorado. Hell Dorado. They also... Uh, the, the, the pilot guy, the one with a really thick accent, says at one point, this is the closest any man can be to hell while still be breathe- and still breathing. Yeah. And when the workers are being driven away and they all look just broken and covered in soot, and you know that they're not going to live forever no. with that job. At least uh, not much longer. Yeah. The other title for this was Welcome to the Jungle, which is interesting because, and we haven't gotten there anywhere near there yet, but the second Jumanji movie is also subtitled as Welcome to the Jungle. So The one with... The rock in it that we will be covering. So yeah. that's that's kind of neat. Um, but yeah, it's it's. But that one sounds more like a rock documentary about. Yeah. <laughs> than it does a, a, a action film. So it mm. it works a little bit better than Hildorado, which, like I said, it does sound like a, a either an a, a bad eighties slasher film or a straight Sifi. Yeah, Sifi. Sifi movie. <laughs> Here's, here's some interesting, uh, I know we're going off topic, but we're, we're going to take a little break. I want to mention a few things since we're on the topic of the IMDb trivia. 
There were a lot of people considered for the roles of Travis, the main character that we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, Beck, played by The Rock, and of course Mariana, and um, no one else really was picked, was was chosen for Hatcher. Well, well, it was a couple of people, but not many, according to IMDb. Some of the people considered for Travis's character main were white dude. The main white dude were Johnny, the main plot device. <laughs> Were Johnny Depp, no, <laughs> Rick, Ricky Gervais, oh my God. and um, Billy Crystal. What? <laughs> and Ben Stiller. And Nicolas Cage. These are blowing my mind. <laughs> I did not tell I, her I, about I, I kind of... I kind of would have liked to have seen it with Billy Crystal because this would have been after Analyze This and Analyze That came out. <laughs> I'm guessing it would have been similar to his performance in, um, what's that one where he's in the desert? Okay. Never mind. I'll, I'll look I it up don't later. know what you're talking about. Other people cho- selected for the character of Mariana, which we haven't gotten to yet, but we will, were Sandra Bullock. <laughs> um, let's see, who else is this? Uh, Mary McDonald. Uh, and there was someone else listed, I thought. Oh, Kate Beckinsale. I, I like who they picked for her, though. She's, yeah. She's wonderful. Rosario Dawson is, is great. Yeah, she's great. We're going to get to her and in a minute because like she's amazing. And, and as I've said before, Ageless. And they actually wrote her fairly well. Oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was also considered. She might have been a good choice. She might have been, but I still like who they picked. Uh, the other people considered, at least according to IMDb, for the role of Beck, played by Dwayne Johnson. This is the ones I was really saving. Oh, boy. Are, there's only two listed that I can find. Wesley Snipes, <laughs> which uh, would have been something. I love Wesley Snipes. Oh, I'm sorry, three. Wesley Snipes, Denzel Washington, which this would have been an unusual film for him to be in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm imagining him having his the same performance he did in... Um, uh, Shoot, which one was it? Oh, goodness, I can't... Oh, because he can go ham. Malcolm X? No, no. definitely not. No, what's that no. movie? Damn it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay, and then the last one was Robert Downey Jr. Oh! This was, this was when he was on his downturn, though, wasn't it? Yeah, this is pre-Iron Man. Yeah, this is when he was going through... Pretty rough time. But, uh... That would have been funny, though. <laughs> it would have been a funny moment. Especially considering when I mentioned the Sherlock Holmes movie yeah. earlier. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, I like who they picked for the cast. I mean, I could have seen Travis is played by somebody else, mm-hmm. honestly, but that's just because... Well, to be fair, Travis is, is mainly just a plot device yeah, and the damsel in distress through most of the movie. It's funny that for once it's the white dude that's the plot device slash damsel. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he's there for is to find the thing. <laughs> find the thing and, and to be rescued. And to he be gets rescued, rescued like three kidnapped. times. Kidnapped and rescued at the same time. Uh, but we'll get back to the main plot. Okay, so Beck shows up, talks to Christopher Walken's character of Hatcher, and says, I'll give you $10,000 if I can just take Travis and leave. Yeah. And Hatcher says, sure, fine, whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> his, his walking way. That was, that was my best Christopher Walken impression. It sucked, but it that's sucked. okay. You tried. I tried. You tried and Megan so insulted hard. me for it. Uh, <laughs> I said it was okay. Which means the lesson in life is never try. No. Uh, <laughs> Just try it when the microphone's not on. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you 
sounded like a dying robot. <laughs> That's Christopher Walken for you. No. <laughs> I think I broke her. <laughs> anyway, um, so Christopher Walken's character tra of Hatcher agrees, and he tells him that Travis is probably going to be at the bar. Meanwhile, Travis, played by um, uh, Sean Williams, who... Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott, who's probably the most famous thing he was in was the American Pie movies. He played Stifler. Yeah, I don't care for those movies. Neither do I. And I like I said, there is a fairly heavy influence I on mean, this I mean, my film. parents liked them, but that just tells me well, what my parents' taste in movies were. I mean, they mm -hmm. like the scary movie movies. I, I've, <laughs> never, I've, never, I've never actually seen them, so I can't judge them. Oh, but I've... I have. I've seen the scary movie franchise, but I've never seen the, the American similar. Pie franchise. But I have I <laughs> don't really like that kind of humor. But anyway. They didn't. I mean, I'm sure there's still people who like them, but I, oh, yeah. I personally don't think those movies aged very well. No, I, I don't think they did either. But in any event, uh, Sean William Scott, who played Stifler, who, even though I've never seen the movies, I know Stifler. That's how much that movie, that franchise per permeated society for a long time. High school. I mean, high school. Middle school sucked around that time period. Let's just say that. <laughs> it was high school. For, well, actually, I graduated. No, it was high school for me. When yeah, it was came middle out. school for me. It was. We're about what six years apart. For yeah, anybody wondering. Six, seven, yeah, I was in middle school at the time. Okay, so, so in any event, um, Sean, Sean William Scott is in the bar and he's trying to sweet talk Rosario Dawson's character of Mariana in order to borrow her uncle's boat. And Rosario Dawson is in this movie, and we have determined that she had not aged a day. That woman is a vampire. And she's she, like Keanu Reeves, does not age. Do not age. And don't get me <laughs> They're wrong. They're part of the same vampire cult. I don't know how, but they are. I, I don't blame her one bit. She is gorgeous in this. And everything I've seen her in, she was legitimately good in. Hell, she's one of the only good things about the, um, the, the second? No, the first... Um, uh, uh, the Lightning Thief movie. Oh, oh yeah, the. She plays uh, Persephone, the wife of Hades. Yeah. And she's legitimately good. Those in that movies movie. are terrible. Yeah, uh, Scott. My sister. Scott Pilgrim. Um, no. It has. It has a similar title. It's like something and the Lightning Thief. Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. Thank you. Yeah, um, my sister read those book and we books and we went to see the movie and she was just like. Angry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your sister's normal state is angry. But. She doesn't like <laughs> most of the, like, superhero films. So, like, she's very picky. So if you get it wrong, or if you if you get it, like, right but do it horribly, she's not going to, like, give you any credit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, okay, so the, uh, the, the Rosario Dawson's in it, and she says, I will give you my boat if you give me half of what you've got, of what you're going to get. And he says, we find out in this scene that he was going after the Gato, which is a golden statue of a cat god, I guess, that used to be prevalent in Brazil. And um, then he wanders off to go use the bathroom. And when he, while he's gone, Beck walks in and asks, Rosario Dawson's just sitting by the bar. And he has a really funny line. Probably taking her break. You taking know. her break. And there's a really funny line where she goes, she asks, are you American? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, where are you from? And she goes, a place where they have bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> she's not behind the bar. No, he thinks she's just a patron. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then she's just like, okay. And then she gets up and gets his order, and then he, he goes through this great list where he goes, I'm looking for someone. His name's Travis. He's about yay tall, sandy blonde hair. Brown hair. Brown hair, brown eyes, white. Right now he's wearing a... Uh, jersey, uh, a blue jean, a blue jacket and pants has a really confused look on his face because <laughs> like, like, Travis is standing right next to him. Because like, you didn't right think he saw him. Yeah, you didn't think he saw he him. Did. He did. Because, <laughs> like I said, okay, you never saw this show. I don't think anybody did except me. But there was a show in the '90s called Action Man, which was a really bad CGI series. But the premise of it was there was a kid who had he was a professional like stunt man like he went out and did like rad at triple X game stunts, uh-huh. and um, he had this uncanny ability that whenever things were going like bad, like the universe would stop for him. He called it his amp it up, and it was the entire <laughs> yeah his entire universe would like the it was like the whole world froze, and his brain was in super high gear, and it would run around and, like start calculating all these things. Like, the numbers would swirl around these objects, so, and then as soon as time started again, he would, like, automatically, like, okay. So you're saying that The Rock is Action Man. It basically. <laughs> in, in, the, in the first time I think he does this, again, like, I haven't seen the show in years, but the first time he does this, um, like, a helicopter's about to crash, and he's, like, he's, like, riding, like, holding on underneath it because he was going to do a jump off it or something. And the helicopter's about to crash, and he sees, in the distance, there's, like, a, a bunch of cables. Yeah. So his mind stops, and he realizes, does the amp it up thing, and he jumps off and then grabs the cable, swings around, and then manages to get it tied up into the rotors so that the entire helicopter just kind of suspends itself before it crashes. And that's kind of like The Rock in this movie. <laughs> and he's constantly oh, he actually, aware of everything around him. I forgot him. to comment that he's listed as The Rock in the credits. Oh, we were, yeah. So. This is another The Rock. He's not Dwayne Johnson yet. I think that... He was only Dwayne Johnson when he was the mugger. <laughs> that's so funny to me. <laughs> so it's actually kind of wrong. On a it's, so of weird. Levels. it's so funny and weird. Yeah, the mugger in Longshot is the only character that Dwayne Johnson gets to claim at the moment. The rest are being played by The Rock, the character of The Rock. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, so he goes in. He says, "You know, you got two. Op- he has a running thing where he says you've got two options: A or B. A or B. A is you calmly and rationally do what I want you to do. B, I make you do it. Basically, and, basically. And then uh, Travis tries to be uh, Travis, uh, Sean William Scott's character tries to be like, oh, I'm gonna totally kick your ass.' And then the, the Rock just punches him a couple of times when he's running up at him. <laughs> he just he's like, punch. 'How about an option C? Huh? There is no option C. No, there's always an option C. And then he tries to hit him with a bottle, and then the, the Rock blocks it and just punches him right in the face. And he just, That's a running gag. Yeah, he because him across honestly, the room. Honestly, after a while, I wanted to punch Travis in the face too. Yeah. What can I do for you, Mr. Beck? I need you to make a choice for me. A choice. Option A or option B? What's option A? Well, option A is you and I walk out of here nice and easy. We get in my Jeep and we drive back to the airstrip. And then we begin our long journey back to Los Angeles. There'll be no blood, no broken bones, and no problems. (laughs) What's in Los Angeles? Your father. What's option B? Pretty much the opposite of A. But I wouldn't recommend that one. I'll take option C. Travis, there is no option C. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? 
I mean, big boy. There's always an option C. The great thing is that Travis's character is fairly well written and performed. If that, if the goal was to make a character who I didn't want dead, but I didn't care if they beat the hell out of, they hit that mark perfectly. Who knew? I didn't who knew that we were in the market for this? Yeah, I never knew. I never wanted him dead. I didn't think he was that annoying. No, he didn't deserve to die. He but, wasn't good enough person but he did deserve to get his face punched more than once oh yeah <laughs> so that was kind of cool um so uh just as they're about to escort him out you know the rock ties the kid up and just as he's about to walk him out the door in walks christopher walken with all of his uh with all of his bad guys you're gonna keep doing that aren't you <laughs> <laughs> as long as you keep laughing uh, it's not good <laughs> and he uh he says um you uh, you need to leave the boy because he's found something that I want. And the rock says, I paid you. And he goes, consider it your uh, it, consider it a tax write-off. You're, uh, you're, you're paying into your continued health fund. And uh, the rock says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm leaving with him. And the, if the situation escalates and escalates. You know what it kind of reminded me of a little yeah. bit? Uh, nowhere near as well done, unfortunately. Although this is kind of the problem. They did set up all the people that were in this bar earlier in the yeah, movie too. Yeah, all in the movie. And it, this is basically... And their special shticks. Yeah, well, this is almost exclusively everybody that's going to be involved in the movie in the from now on. Yeah. Like, everybody except for the Scottish pilot. Yeah. And the... Um, Who and, is later, but like way at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and the uh, the guy and the, the guy that beats the rock up that we'll get to, that becomes friends with him. Those two are the only other characters of any note in the story that aren't in this bar scene. Which no. I actually like that they went through the trouble of getting everybody together this early. So you know what everybody's situation is. So you know is. what the pieces were in this yeah. puzzle. Or should but, I say chess game? I don't know. I don't Checkers know. game. <laughs> Pictionary. I don't know. <laughs> Pictionary. <laughs> but anyway. Weird form of twister. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but what it was, I was going to say it reminded me of was there's a scene in the movie, the first Kingsman, yeah. where uh, what's his face? Um, Galahad? Was that the, the guy that recruited Eggsy? No, that was. Uh, God, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. It's a great movie. The first yeah. one's great. No, it was second like, one's okay. I haven't seen the second one. We'll have to watch it sometime. Hold on, let me look it up. But anyway, the the guy who in in the opening when he first meets Eggsy, he said they're in the bar, and then those guys come over and start insulting him, and he tries calmly and rationally to walk out, and then finally he gets to the door, and they're like they say something he just can't forgive, and he says, "Manners maketh the man." Then he does that cool thing where he flips the, the beer glass and knocks one of them out. Um, that This scene reminded me a bit of that because Beck legitimately does not want to fight these guys. He just wants to complete his damn says, mission. Um, says his name's Harry Hart. He goes by... Yeah, you're right. Galahad? I, I was getting confused with Lancelot. Yeah, Lancelot is the uh, the girl. Yeah, because she's the one. The other one. The, the other one dies at the start killed. of the movie. Yeah, yeah he, she, he dies at the start. He was the guy that played Norrington in the first, yeah. third Pirates. I got movies. you. I got you. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So it's been a while since I've seen the movie. It's not a problem. It's it's the first one's really good. The second one, I think, was has some really good moments, but it's overall it needed some work. Well, 
But anyway, getting back to that, that scene reminded me of that. The bar scene. The bar scene reminded me of that scene in the bar in Kingsman because the main guy knows he can kick their ass. He knows he can hand their ass to them, but that isn't his job. He just wants to get the hell out of here. So shut up. Yeah, shut up and let me do the job. And the uh, those assholes finally push him so far that he has to kick their ass. And the scene is pretty cool. Uh, probably one of the best moments is when the guys with the whip comes in. And I'm like, oh, it's like those those. Um, anytime you played a beat 'em up game, there was always this female character in S and M outfit with a whip that was just trying to slap you. <laughs> if that had been a female character in an S and M outfit, it would have definitely made the movie more interesting. No, it wouldn't. No. <laughs> As it is, it's just a white dude. I've been playing Streets of Rage four. Forgive me. <laughs> it's just it's just a white dude with a whip. Uh, but anyway, he um, he just but he does that, and then like he, the the rock grabs the whip and, and just he holds looks it. So surprised by it, cause yeah. He, and then the great thing is the guy has two whips. He tries whipping with the other hand, and then the rock just throws a chair, and the chair gets broken in half and goes right over the guy's like right around the guy. Yeah, that was really cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually, the rock manages to kick all the bad guys' asses and get outside to his jeep, and he and Travis start driving away. And then Travis tries uh, unsuccessfully to convince The Rock to let him go. And then he finally says, oh, well, for what it's worth, I hope you enjoy the fall. And The Rock goes, what fall? He goes, this one. And he kicks, and Travis kicks the steering wheel, and the car goes, the Jeep goes right over a cliff. And then we get my favorite shot in the movie, the one that has always made me laugh. <laughs> where they start falling, and they're falling and falling and falling and falling and hitting shit and falling. And then the camera pulls back. And it pulls, the camera pulls you're back. Ah. Yeah, you're ah. And the camera pulls back, and it 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 cuts. And before it, and by the time it cuts... You still haven't seen the bottom of the fucking mountain that they're falling down, which so, was so great it's to me. It's completely unrealistic that they, they would live with, through this, but whatever. This they should have been ground meat by the time they yeah. got to the bottom. They should have been like splat. Yeah, but <laughs> but like whatever. I mean, this, that, this be, is an action comedy. I'm yeah, guessing. to be fair, the the mountain is at a bit of a, an incline, so it's not like a cliff. Yeah, they're, they're it's gotta, rolling down it, but they're hitting, like, the worst trees possible. Like, I saw Rock hit one of those, like, spiky trees. Yeah, he's hitting all of them. Uh, interesting, by the way, you mentioned when we were watching the movie that you really liked the, the fight scenes because you knew The Rock was doing his own stunts. Sometimes. Yeah. It turns out that, according to IMDb, uh, that The Rock's cousin actually was his stunt double in this movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, he actually got an award for being, like, the best stunt double in the industry, like, the next year. Yeah. Uh, but... The one downside of this movie is that it actually resulted in him breaking his ankle on that falling down the hill sequence. Oh. He's okay, but that was the biggest injury they suffered was he had, when he was falling down the hills, he apparently busted his ankle. You know, something that would realistically happen. Yeah, and he apparently I'm, didn't in the movie. Yeah. They must be the... Like, I'm sorry, Travis. If you really did that, you were killing both you and Beck. There was no... In real life, there's no way they would have survived that. No, and they fell into water. Just because you fall into water doesn't mean you're safe. If falling into water is like falling into concrete. Well, it would have been like I could buy it a bit more if they hadn't hit like every damn tree yeah, on the I way know, down they first. Hit the tree, 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 yeah. and then slap. No, yeah. you. And then the the jeep falls right nearly on top of them. Yet they somehow managed to escape it. Yeah. Um, so Beck and Travis realize, okay, we're suspend your disbelief. For yeah, this. we you have to suspend your disbelief, like a lot of the Rock films. I, I get the impression that the the this running, is be a running gag. the running thing throughout most of the Rock movies is that you kind of got to suspend your disbelief, especially when we get to the Fast and Furious movies. 
but I can't <laughs> wait till we get there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so uh, Beck takes Travis and starts walking him through the woods, you know, to march him back to the plane. Because the goal is to get him on the plane, and once he's on the plane, he can, get him, he can fly out of here back to the U.S. and turn him over to his dad. Um, and as they're walking through, uh, Travis tries to go, says, I have to pee. And The Rock says, okay. And Tra it's important to note here that Travis's hands are handcuffed behind him at this moment. And The Rock says... Well, if you're going to pee, go ahead and pee. He goes, I'm not peeing on myself. And he goes, Oh, you well, missed the part where he was going to fight The Rock with his, like... Wait, we've... Ah. This is going to be running a lot through the movie. Yeah, I'm not going to bring it up every time. later. Okay, well, you go ahead and tell them, no, people, if you want stupid, to. it's stupid, but... Okay, look, he was pretending to do, like, the weird karate moves that you do as a kid that you see, like on the crane or whatever yeah. and he was trying to do that and then he just kept getting punched so yeah, he also is this where he brings up the thunder and the lightning or is that yeah the, that's the thunder and the lightning the setup for the thunder and the lightning sequence where um he in in the first version he references his feet he says yeah. this is mr thunder and this is butter buddy mr lightning and then he gets punched and then he gets punched and um apparently that was just something tra the actor scott sean william scott ad-libbed on set oh Okay. And they all thought it was so funny. That, that they makes kept, it a little funnier. Yeah, they thought it was so funny they kept it in the, the story and then brought it back <laughs> Later two more on. times. Because they just thought it was hilarious. Because they thought it really explained a lot. I, I heard the commentary track for this once, and I remember in that sequence, because I was so confused about it, uh, he said the reason that the director loved it is because it implies that Travis is the kind of person that never really grew up. He's been a he's been a whiny little jerk his entire life and has never had to come to terms with it. So that's why he still acts like a six year old. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting for Travis's character. Um, so anyway, uh, while they, they do this thing where uh, finally Travis says, "I'm going to have to pee," and you're not, and and Beck's like, "I'm not uncuffing you." He goes, okay, well, then you have to unzip me. So they do this thing where he unzips him. And then Travis walks over to a corner and starts jumping, trying to get his uh, junk yeah. out so he could pee. And it's meant to be funny, but it's, it's not. It's, not really. It's the second cringiest part of the movie. Yeah, it, it, it's it's meant to be hilarious. It's the just first not. cringiest comes not long after no, that. No, not long after that. After that, it's like fine. It's not. That, that's the most... Cringy adult humor thing. Well, that's the most American. <laughs> these two jokes we're about to talk about are the most American pie, and they it's it's notable that they both involve the actor who played Stifler being directly connected to it. Yeah, because it really does feel like those walked right out of an American Pie movie. Again, I haven't seen them, but I know of the jokes in a lot of them. Yeah. I've seen him on a lot of top ten lists and stuff like that. For well, you know, if you're gonna go all the way, just do what Justin Timberlake did: Dick in a Box. <laughs> Classic okay. song. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But in any event, I'm just going to say it's not, it, that joke doesn't really work because if it's meant to be, because it, it doesn't make any of the characters look good. Because no. back you're like, why don't you just uncuff him from behind and cuff him in the front? The kid can't really run all that far and then he'd be able to, you know, handle it himself. And the fact that Beck just wants him to pee on himself he, is kind of rude to begin with. Even not though the, only that, but like if he tries to run, you could... He, uh, he clearly can easily catch this asshole. Yeah. And in the case of um, of Travis, it's, it's kind of like, didn't you think this would require more steps than just you asking to stop? Like, there's, you, you know there's a process to going to the bathroom, right? You've done this before. Yeah. So when he's like, I just need to use the bathroom, like, what did you expect to happen? Like, it, it doesn't make either of the characters look particularly no. fun. And it's not funny enough to justify no, it. 
Well, while um, Travis is jiggling and peeing, uh, the rock steps on a trap that gets him suspended by one leg. Yeah. And um, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I, I like the moment when he says, uh, when Travis walks over and he goes, "Oh, what's going on in here?" And then uh, Beck says. Um, hey, before you go wandering off, I have the keys to your cuffs. And then his keys fall out of his pocket. Along with his wallet. Along with his wallet, and it lands right next to, to, to uh, Travis's feet. That was kind of funny. Um, I also like that he that Beck says when Travis is about to walk away, he goes, hey, I let you pee. And he goes, yeah, you did. Now, you go ahead and pee. If you need to pee, go right ahead. Remember, you only got 15 seconds, which is how long Beck was giving. <laughs> 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. which is how long Beck gave uh, Travis to pee. Um and then as soon as as soon as Travis tries to walk away, he steps on another tripwire, which pulls him up and suspends him by one leg. And then Travis, up, upside down, swinging next to the rock, goes, oh, I didn't mean that. You really mean that. And then the rock just punches him, <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> like I said, running gag, but it's the best running gag in the game. And then comes, in my opinion, the most cringy joke, which is, it turns out that, okay, first. Howler monkeys. A bunch of, no, baboons. They're baboons. They're not baboons. They're yes, howler, they are. They're howler monkeys. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. IMDb keeps proving you wrong. Okay. <laughs> I know that baboons don't live in South America. That's the point. There are no baboons in South America. Okay. But they were baboons. They look like they were supposed to be howling monkeys, so whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they say baboons at some point in the movie. Um, but in any event, the, 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 um, a bunch of monkeys come out and start... Monkey. Monkey. <laughs> um, start coming out and... Um, uh, one eventually, like they all start howling, and then the the rock and Travis are arguing over how to deal with it, and then one jumps on the rock and starts humping his face. I hated that. It really wasn't that, that was funny. The, that was literally my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it does lead to a good follow up joke that we'll get to in a minute, or yeah. a couple good follow up jokes, honestly. But, but the joke itself was not. No, it wasn't that funny in and of itself. And then uh, you hear a shot ring out, and it turns out the rebels that are fighting Hatcher have found Travis and Beck. Yeah. And they cut Beck and Travis down. They take them hostage to their camp. And to, then take, to interrogate them. Interrogate them. And Travis says, I speak the language. I know these guys. They're my friends. Let me handle this. And then the next scene is them in the camp tied up. And Beck says, this is the first callback. It's kind of funny. He goes, oh, yeah, you'll handle this. You know, I'm starting to miss the monkey with a heart on. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of funny. Um, a little bit, yeah. A little bit funny. And then uh, Travis, a great joke follows that, though, where Travis starts translating. And what he's translating is that, because they, 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 none of those guys speak English. No. But they ask uh, Travis, do you guys work for Hatcher? And Travis goes, oh, I don't work for Hatcher, but the tall man standing next to me is one of his chief assassins. He's come out here to kill you all. Oh, yeah, basically. And then, meanwhile, he's telling Dwayne Johnson's character. You need to keep that, staring at yeah. him and start dominance. But yeah. the guy, other guy's like, why is he staring at me so, so disrespectfully? And then and Beck's like, what are you saying to them? He goes, fierce gaze. And then he's the like, Beck goes, okay. <laughs> goes back to giving He does him. his rock skate. Yeah, gaze. stare right at him. And then eventually evolves into... Um, Beck, unbeknownst to him, thanks to Travis, is now going to have to fight the entire group. Yeah. Which is really funny. It, uh, it was wonderful. Yeah. And These guys were great acrobats. Yeah, they were great. I, I think there's a specific type of fighting style that they were using, and yeah. I cannot recall what it is. I feel like the guy who was the main main guy, I feel like I've seen him in something else before doing mm -hmm. action stuff, but I'm... 
I might be confusing him with a different actor, but it's certainly well, possible. Even if even if he hasn't been, he needs to be in more action films because he's great. Well, this was twenty almost twenty years ago. I'm not sure if he's still up for it. I know. I mean, like if he wasn't, he deserved to do, be. Do you remember? His, yeah, I agree with you that he did some great fighting style. Uh, do you remember the character's name? Um, <laughs> they didn't give him a name, I don't think. They did because he said because um, that when later when he's getting shot at, they she uh, the later that's him right there. You I sure? Think, I think. Uh, doesn't have a photo of him. Uh, he was in Pirates mm -hmm. of the Caribbean, uh, the third movie, the guy you pointed to. Mm. Um, no I escape. Think him, but I'm not sure. Well, I mean, Smash either way, or... he was great in it. And so was the rest of the people in it. They were just doing like this amazing acrobatic fighting style. Yeah, to me, I was I, I literally uh, said it. It looks like if Cirque du Soleil tried to kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> the Cirque du Soleil just decided to kick your ass. It's it's pretty fun. The circus is coming to beat you up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're swinging on ropes and jumping around and kicking. Oh, and... they're so cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, they're kicking his ass. Yeah, they kick they kick Beck's ass significantly until Beck starts to realize how to counteract them. Because, like we said, Beck seems to have the Sherlock ability, Where but only when it regards to hurting people. Yeah, <laughs> like he he seems extremely observant, and then he learns from those observations, and then learns to kick your ass like so hard, like punch you so hard, you apparently fly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he eventually fights most of them off, but the leader, the one that's been doing, the one that he was doing the fierce gaze to, yeah. um, is either about to kill him. I think he has Beck down and has like a yeah, sword Yeah, they out. have a gun. Yeah, they have guns. And that's when Mariana, played by Rosario Dawson, walks in. It turns out she's actually the leader of the rebels. Yeah. And that we find out she's been playing Travis this whole time. That she wanted to find the gato to sell it because it's supposed to be worth what two point six million dollars or twelve point six million dollars something like a that. A lot of money for that time period. Yeah, well, it's still a lot of money, but I, yeah, but that's for normal people, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> for people who have you know hopes and dreams. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, the um, the twelve point six or whatever to, it is. She wants it to basically to sell it to save her people, which is really depressing because. That's actually really realistic. It's really kind of, relatable. Especially considering... I actually love Rosario Dawson's character in this, and I love specifically how she was written. Yeah. Because even though they hired Rosario Dawson, who is one of the most beautiful women on the you planet... You think she's going to be the love interest in this you movie? You think she's going to be the love interest, or you think she's at very least going to get into a bikini at some point? Never happens. Nope. She is smart and capable through the whole movie, and she's never played up for her sexiness, which I was very happy about. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things that actually ages really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this point, uh, Rosario Dawson's character uh, tries to says that no, they're not. This guy doesn't work for Hatcher. He's um, there. I can't tell for certain what they were saying because it wasn't translated. But it seems to boil down to Travis was lying to you. This guy doesn't work for Hatcher. He's just a guy doing a job. Yeah. And then uh, we cut to that later that night, and they're feeding Travis and Beck and the guy that was beating up. Uh, the the rock after there's a conversation with Rosario Dawson's character where she says you're you're free to go back but we have you're not taking Travis with you and Beck's like yeah I'm gonna have to because um, she wants the gato too um, it's actually a pretty sweet moment it's a sweet moment because the guy the guy that was beating up him comes over and tries to start a conversation and he has Rosario Dawson translate and the conversation is who do you think would win in a fight uh, Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali and Beck says Muhammad Ali without question. 
And the guy goes, why? Don't you think Tyson had more power? Don't you think he would knock him out? And he goes, Muhammad Ali would never have let him get a finger on him. He would have dodged and danced until and then jabbed at him out of nowhere until he learned all of his weak spots and take him out, which is a great way to show, one, how Beck views fighting. Yeah. He doesn't just take hits because he's not strong enough. He's already very strong. It's that he is learning. In the, you're, you're getting him explaining his own fighting style in that yeah. moment. But also it's the way of explaining to this guy who wondered how the hell The Rock managed to beat him. Because even though The Rock is three times this guy's size. And they were winning at first. They were winning at first. Beck still managed to hold his own. And the guy thought, I think honestly, that the reason Beck was winning is because he was so powerful. And Beck's argument is it, the power wasn't what mattered. It was that I was able to dodge you to figure out how to... He was intelligent enough uh, to defeat him. Yeah, he was, he, was intel- he was observant enough. I don't want to say necessarily intelligent enough. You know what I mean. It was intelligent, intelligent fighting as opposed to just straight up, you know, uh, power. brawler. Yeah, power. And uh, that was really cool. And then um, he starts quoting, uh, quote, uh, quoting Muhammad Ali, the, the guy that can't speak English. He goes, float like butterfly, sting like bee, and then all of them start saying it. And it's actually kind of cute. And then the guy walks over and, like, in, in his form of apology, because he did nearly kill Beck, yeah. he takes off this tooth necklace he has. And he says uh, he wants to give that to you as a sign of respect, Rosario Dawson does says, and luck. And uh, Beck goes, I can't accept that. And she says, he'll be very insulted if you don't take it. And then he goes, thank you, and he takes it. And then he puts it in his pocket or on or something like that. And then uh, just when we think things are going well, a shot rings out and one of the rebels falls over dead. And it turns out Hatcher has found them all. And Travis takes his opportunity to run off. Beck chases after him. Uh, most of the rebels are getting shot at. This is another example of the really, really, really distracting editing. Yeah, uh, and I can't the really way it's see, shot. Yeah, the, with this area, I couldn't see what was going on. It wasn't like the fight earlier with all the acrobatics where we could kind of see what was going on. Yeah, because they this kept was at night. Yeah, the acrobatic fight worked a lot better because the the one trick they seemed to use a lot in that was slow mo. Yeah. But that didn't bother me because it was cool to see those people flying through the air in slow motion. Yeah, in right. this case, the yeah. Rebels look so similar to Hatcher's guys because they're all, most of them are, you know, guys from South America with that tent. And it's in the middle of the night. And, but the way they keep cutting around, I can't tell who's winning against who. I assume Hatcher's winning because I know that's how movies function. The bad guy has to win until the last minute. But I didn't, I couldn't tell who was living or dying. Yeah, until uh, the very end when they, uh, when our three main characters make it to the boat and the one guy does it. Yeah, <laughs> the three characters, uh, Beck finds Travis and punt, knocks him out. And then Rose, Beck is about to be shot by one of Hatcher's men. And Rosario Dawson shoots the guy and says, come on. And the three of them run to the boat. And then the guy that gave that, um, the one that was talking to the rock, the one who had the float like a butterfly, sting, sting like a bee monologue, uh, he's running for the boat and then gets shot and then gets shot again and, and then gets them shot to go, again basically yeah from what we can tell it doesn't wasn't translated but he's telling them I'm to run. Saying run he's saying get out of there and Rosario Dawson's trying to get back to him because he's not that far he's maybe 40 feet away from the boat but he's also about to be overrun by bad guys by Hatcher's men so and she's trying to get out of the boat but um the back is holding her back saying it's too late you can't save him and then um Hatcher literally walks up and just shoots execution styles the guy and they sail off. And now our three leads are in the boat. And my favorite thing is that she, uh, Rosario Dawson's character has a, a gun. And she says, Travis, you're going to take me to the Gato. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to use that money to free my people. 
and you don't get a say in this. And Travis is like, hey, I don't w want it for that reason. I don't want it for money. It would, I was going to give it to a you know, museum or something. Or you, how do you know I wasn't going to give it to a museum? And then Beck says, and then she says, I'm going to shoot you if you don't take me to it. And then she almost shoots him, but Beck stops her. And then Travis is really shocked. You almost shot me. And then Beck says, here's the deal. He's going to take you to the Gato. You're going to have it. You're going to go. And then I'm taking him away back to Los Angeles. Deal? And she goes, okay. And then I love Travis's response, which was, so she gets what she wants. You get what you want. And I get the shaft. <laughs> Basically, they, the, the story, their, their story is progressing. And his is like, what the heck? I'm just being passed around like property. Yeah, like I said, he is... It was he is both, almost refreshing. <laughs> he is the MacGuffin of this movie. He is the damsel in distress that has to be rescued more than once. And he is um, it, probably one of the reasons this movie uh, wasn't as well liked or watched is because it doesn't have a very clear protagonist-antagonist narrative. I mean, we know Hatcher is the main bad guy and Beck uh, is the main who's, good guy. Who's but, the... Yeah. But Beck is not necessarily a perfectly good person. And um, neither Rosaria Dawson's character nor uh, Travis get nearly as much screen time. Yeah. So they're more secondary characters, even yeah. though there are the three leads. And it's just, it's, it's a weird balance to a film. I think I it think, works. Yeah, I think it works in this film, but it might have came out at the wrong time for that kind of movie. Because yeah. nowadays we want protagonists that aren't. We don't have to have a clear, perfectly good protagonist anymore. We don't have to have clear antagonists anymore, just like... Well, just to clarify, this was, again, uh, shortly after, like, the first and maybe the second uh, Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So we weren't quite to the Marvel, like, phase one yet, where every villain was clearly villainous and every hero was clearly a hero. Yeah, we weren't there. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't quite to the more layered villains and layered heroes that we get later in Marvel, like, phase two and three. Yeah. And uh, certainly not in a lot of other films. No. So uh, maybe it, it it's like this movie was very much like there were parts of this movie that were kind of in concepts that are a little ahead of its time, but there's also parts of it that are just very much of its time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a, a mixed bag. I, I, I like this movie overall, but you know, so. It's not perfect. I'm yeah. not going to claim it's perfect. So uh, we'll, we'll continue with the. The story. So then we get to the Indiana Jones part of the story, where Travis leads them to a waterfall, and behind the waterfall is what he describes as an ancient safe. And it's actually a really cool concept, in my opinion, where whoever it is that put the gato in this place knocked off the roof and replaced it with loose stones. And he suspended those stones with pieces of wood. And certain stones are resting on pieces of wood, and certain pieces of wood are not holding anything. Yeah. So you can remove those pieces of wood and successfully reach the gato. But if you remove the wrong boards, if you remove the ones holding up the rocks, you'll be crushed. Yeah. And the gato will be buried. And Travis, you know, Beck is like, Travis at first doesn't know what the, the, the game is. So he removes one of them and it nearly causes the place to fall. So here we have Beck doing like the whole holding up the, 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 boards, the cave basically. The cave as best he can. And then uh, he realizes that this, uh, Travis realizes that what he has to remove are the jaguar sticks. Because, sticks near the jaguars. Yeah, because the ground is covered in, pic in pictures. Drag jaguars, eagles, and uh, monkeys. Yeah. And uh, the jaguars, were the, the sticks near the jaguars are the ones you have to remove in order to gain access to the gato. 
And they successfully reach the Gato, and he grabs the Gato, and he runs for it, and the whole cave collapses. And it was actually kind of a cool Indiana Jones sequence. Like, I liked that little spot. It's mm -hmm. weird that it's in this movie, because it's almost like we're in another movie. Yeah, it does feel kind of dis... Like, the whole treasure plot thing feels very disconnected from the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's weird that it's, like, the secondary plot device, but it also feels very disconnected from the plot. Well, it's place. also really weird that uh, basically what he's running is a, what Hatcher is running is a slave state for a gold mine. Yeah. And, and we treat it like he's entitled to that gold even though he's getting it off literally working these people to death at a slave and wage. Yeah, what what's going to save these people is one gold solid gold object? Well, not only that, like the idea that we have to, we're not allowed to steal from Hatcher because even though he's getting it horribly He's apparently, quote-unquote, earned it. But the Gato doesn't belong to anybody, so we can take that and we'll be completely okay with using that to save our people. Yeah. As opposed it, to it's just... It's a weird... It's a weird construction, but I do think it does give Travis something to do in the story. That's I mean, it's, it is useful for him. And I actually love... I think my favorite moment for him in the whole movie is when he gets to the Gato after getting through the, the maze of, of sticks, of... of logs holding up the ceiling He's like i found it i found it not some college egghead not some professor me and i love that because it's like the first time in his entire life you get the impression he actually achieved something on his own yeah which was neat uh then they get out just as the cave is collapsing and then Sadly, we, that was the end of any character development he had <laughs> well no i would say the ending gives him some a little, a little bit, bit. <laughs> uh but we'll get back to that so then the next thing is they have the con labos scene where uh, Mariana says, okay, we've, we've accomplished it. Let's all take a rest. Here, these, these, uh, rare fruits. these rare fruits are really tasty. You guys are lucky. Here, have some. So she gives some to The Rock. She gives some to Travis. And The Rock and it talks about how all he wants to do is open up a restaurant. And Travis is like, you know, once you give that to the black market, it's going to go, it's going to disappear forever. And she says, like, you weren't going to sell it to the black market. He goes, you don't know anything about me. She goes, I know exactly who you are. And then Travis and Beck start having weird, like, like they, they have, like, the bubble vision where things are... I finally are figured out where they stole that scene in The Good Dinosaur, basically. Yeah. Because The Good Dinosaur, what a waste of movie. But anyways, yeah. but yeah, they start having those weird vision, bubble visions. And where things are growing and shrinking, and it, it's... They're clearly, like, been paralyzed. Well, they've been drugged. and well, the, been the The... the the thing paralyzes them, and then she walks over. And I thought the first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, no, they're going to make her a bad guy, aren't they? And it turns out that not exactly. She, what she says is, I'm sorry about this, guys, but I know money has a habit of changing people. So here's what's going to happen. You'll be fine in about four or five hours. I'll leave the fire going to keep any animals away until dawn. Travis, I will mail you your cut of the, of the sale once I get it done. Beck? You promised to give me the Gato if I let you take Travis, if I told you how to get Travis out of here. So go that way until you reach a, a, a road, then take it south until you reach the airline. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you both for helping us. And then she gives them both a uh, peck on the cheek and walks off. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. I mean, I, I like the fact that she does realize that she doesn't have a weapon and she's, she's like... Like, I'm sorry, The Rock is a big ba big badass. Like, yeah. I, I would understand being questioning whether or not he's going to remain honorable when faced with $12 million paycheck. Yeah. Um, she, remember, she doesn't know any of these people that well. She, know, she doesn't know Beck really at all. This is, like, all happened within a couple of days. And, and yeah, she knows Travis a little bit, but that's also because she was, like, 
playing him, but she him. she knows him as someone that's not trustworthy. Yeah, because he clearly makes promises that he doesn't intend to keep. Yeah, so he, she doesn't necessarily want to trust him or want to risk trusting him. Also, apparently, she's he's lost some of her vehicles before. Yeah. So um, the next morning, uh, the the stuff starts to wear off, and that's when we get the second callback to the the raping monkey. Which is the monkey starts showing up again and ha- and thing and and I will admit that wasn't all that fun but I did love seeing the Rock uh, doing the go away monkey go away monkey go away monkey monkey <laughs> it was just funny to hear the Rock talk it's like, like Rah! yeah like, does like a screech and they run off yeah then they he gets up and <laughs> go away go away monkey. Uh, it was it was kind of funny. I, I wouldn't say it was funny enough to justify no, the, the, the. It's a very Super Mario Brothers moment. Yeah, <laughs> monkey, um, or uh, or uh, Final Fantasy Ten Two, monkey. The <laughs> password, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hate you. <laughs> so we get back to um, so Travis gets up. He grabs, um, Beck gets up, he grabs Travis, he, uh, he, uh, he takes him, he follows Mariana's, um, instructions, and they eventually get back to... The airbase. The airbase. The airstrip or whatever The airstrip, where, um, Travis says, um, where Beck finds out from the pilot, the guy with the really thick accent, that Mariana was captured by Hatcher, and he's gonna torture her and then kill her. And Beck has a big question about whether or not he should do anything about this, and he eventually decides. But he does it without any words, which is really good. Yeah, it's like just they do it with like he just he just does a lot of poses as the camera swings around stares, him. Stares, and, and he's looking back at Travis, and then he's looking yeah, at the at the the plane. Yeah, because you know what he wants his to do. Bag and all yeah. that. You know what he wants to do. He wants to just leave this place, um, and, but. He knows that it isn't he the right thing. It's not honorable. It's not an honorable situation. So he uh, he lets Travis... Travis talks him into... When he decides to stay behind, Travis says, you're going to need my help. You're going to need the Scottish guy's help. And uh, he goes, I don't trust you. And he goes, you don't know me well enough. I, I would rather die than see Hatcher have my gato. <laughs> and then uh, he goes, I know you're going to run, Travis, but understand that when you run, I will find you. So then we get to uh, the the next scene where uh, Christopher Walken's doing a speech, like, "Why don't you people? Aren't you more grateful? I made a town for you." And all that. <laughs> basically, basically, white white savior kind of shit yeah. right there. <laughs> and then um, uh, they they lost contact with um, with Outpost One. Outpost One. So Walken slash Hatcher comes over and looks at the screen and then there's Dwayne Johnson and he says, he picks up a radio and he goes, Hatcher, yeah? You have option A and option B. Well, what was that? He goes, option A, you leave the gato and the woman, you leave the town and you walk away forever. What's option B? I make you. And then they start laughing. And then they all start laughing and then they all keep, they even turn on like the broadcaster so that The Rock can hear them laughing and he goes, Wrong choice. And then he punches out the camera, and that immediately stops them laughing. Yeah. And then they pull in every guy with every gun. Lock down the town. Yeah, every guy with every gun. and they. Or have you every... could do it in your bad walking impression. Lock down the town. Lock down the town. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know who you sounded like there. Dracula. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shut up. Apparently, that really tickled your fancy. <laughs> All I'm thinking about is, is Christopher Walken as vampire. <laughs> Even though he wasn't a vampire, he was a headless horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For anybody wondering, we're talking about uh, this, uh, what was it? The oh, Legend, of Sleep, Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Tim Burton. Yeah, which, yeah it's based with Johnny off Depp. Hammer films. Yeah, with Johnny Depp, where he, he <laughs> you only get to see him with his actual head like three times in it's the movie. It's Christopher Walken <laughs> with the West, with the West, with the best makeup ever. Yeah, he's got like piranha teeth. And his <laughs> hair is just... Out. It's like a complete butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what his hair looks like. It's shaped like the butt. It's what. No, it's not shaped like a butt. It's literally shaped like he got struck by freaking lightning. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, um, the butt hair is from uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula with um, Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. So, all right. <laughs> now that we've discussed the butt hair, let's get back. <laughs> let's get back to the movie. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so we uh we get to um where we get to we get to the part where um okay the the scottish they guy down the town. they walk down the town the scott then they start hearing bagpipes and the scottish guy walks in and says a speech that i only uh, could understand about every third word of i can't understand it at all honestly uh, i'm like it's supposed to be inspiring i guess but he's saying something about being lost or whatever and he's like i went the wrong way or whatever <laughs> his accent's so like I, I get that people actually talk like that, but Zach's is so like thick that I can't understand it at all. Well, it opens and up I'm pretty good with accents. It, it opens up with um, uh, the according to IMDb, it first opens up with the, the paraphrasing of the first part of Ezekiel thirty-three five. Okay, so Bible Yeah, which is actually on the rocks arm, I believe. He has that, that quote tattooed, which is, since they heard the sound of the trumpets, but did not heed the warning. Okay, Scotty, you yeah. got it. I can a captain. We don't have the power. <laughs> <laughs> Thrusters on full. <laughs> you don't know. She kind of handle the stress, sir. She's coming apart. I'm giving her all I got, sir. <laughs> Oh, I love Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I love Star Trek when it's good. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he gives a speech where basically it's like you should have surrendered. You didn't know how much you're going to. You just fucked yourselves, basically. And then we hear a loud thunder. Mm-hmm. And the thunder is, in fact, a stampede that they are using to to break up the, the fight. Cows. <laughs> Cows. Bunch of bulls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the running of the bulls, uh, I guess, is what they're referencing. No. I remember, no, no, like the running of the bulls was a huge thing Americans talked about uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, my dad actually. Uh, In around 2000, 2000 to 2005, Americans were obsessed with the running of the bulls. Actually, my dad was in Spain around that time period. Mm-hmm. Well, I just mean we were, we as a nation were just confused by this concept of unleashing a bunch of wild bulls to run through the town, which is really weird considering some of the things we consider to be sports and, 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 and events worth of celebrating, but whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, the, uh, the, the bulls break up many of the 
shooters, and then and uh, like so- destroy some of the infrastructure. Structure. Oh my God, can't talk today. Mm-hmm. Destroy yeah. some of the infrastructure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then we, uh, uh, Beck and Travis are on like different sides of the street advancing, and uh, Travis manages to t- to get while Beck is taking on like four or five guys. Uh, Beck ends up in a in a like a convenience store fighting one dude. Travis does. Travis does, and he does the um. The lightning and thunder thing with his arms this time, and it's actually working. It, it works. Like the guy, the other guy's like, "Come on, come on, come on!" He's like, "Mr. Thunder, you got his friend, Mr. Lightning," and then he jumps over like really weird and just pumps him one. He goes, "Yeah!" He's like, "Oh my god, that actually worked <laughs> this time!" Because last time I did that, I got punched in the face. So he does effectively beat that guy up, and then uh, while Beck is taking on like half hundreds, the rest of town, <laughs> hundreds of dudes, and then. Um, then Travis uh, runs outside to grab his gun, and when uh, he's out there, he gets shot at from the snipers on the roof, and they eventually sh- basically bullet chase him, because bullets are flying. They chase him into a, a, a bus, yeah. a bus that's full of like supplies and stuff. And Beck is uh, undercover being shot at himself behind a wall. And then the music like comes in and we hear like it cuts around. This is actually where the editing works pretty well. Yeah. Where we cut around and we see that okay, Travis is clearly in trouble. Travis is clearly in trouble. Like they keep showing and they're like uh, the the Scottish guy is quoting uh, some famous like He's just sitting there. He, no, he's quoting that famous line uh, thou shalt not go quietly into the night or something. The one that Beck has tattooed on his arm. Oh, that would be um, Robert Frost, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, again, in the IMDb trivia, but there's a lot of IMDb trivia, so finding it is rise, not rise easy. Dying light. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And then, um, so he's saying that while we're cutting to uh, to Travis, and, like, the bus is getting shut up, and the gasoline's starting to leak out, and then there's fire everywhere, and we and know you the see bus Beck, is about to explode. And you see Beck just sitting against sitting the wall there. with his eyes closed, like, doing, like, basically a prayer. Or, or calculating, trying to think if there's any other yeah. way out of this. Now, we should clarify something we did not say earlier. Yeah. Beck does not use guns. No, He is yeah. very, very, ha- very, very clear about that. Every time he got a hold of a gun, he the first... Guns. He hates guns. Every time he got a hold of a gun, the first thing he did was take the bullets out and drop it. Yeah. Um, he hates guns, and when Travis asks him at one point, why don't you use a gun, he says, whenever I use a gun, bad things happen. Yeah. And that's as far as the explanation that he'll go. Well, Travis literally asks him, what if your best friend was about to die? Would you still not pick up a gun? And Beck says, no. Well, in this moment, Travis is about to die, and Beck has a choice of either doing nothing, because he can't come out from the... He can't fight with his fist. Those guys are way up high. They're the way, way to, too far. They have guns that are far away. They're, the snipers. They're, the only yeah. way that they can, he can fight them is if he fights them with a gun. So he makes a prayer or tries to see if there's any other way out of this and eventually just opens his eyes, grabs two shotguns. It's important to note that they are both... He has two shotguns, one in each hand, and walks out into the street and starts gunning motherfuckers down. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. He just walks, like, just casually. Boom, boom. The he way f- he, like, pumps them is, like... There's, like, 12 different ways he pumps his shotguns, and they're all great. They're all cool. And, and the best one, in my opinion, is the one where he flips them around so they're in his armpits, and then he 
she, she she, pumps she, him and then, and then he swims it back, back around and then starts popping pop My second favorite one is when he holds both shotguns in one hand. Oh, yeah, he's, that holding, huge. he's holding both shotguns. It's just like... Yeah, he, he pumps it like a normal shotgun, but he's holding two at the same time. And then he fires them both because his fingers are so long he can reach both triggers, which is just great. Not uh, realistic, but I love it. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, I, I, uh, I love that. And then Travis you know, gets out uh, from there just before the thing explodes. And then we're down to just like a handful of, of Hatcher's men are left. Uh, uh, three of the whip guys, and then one dude that uh, Travis is off fighting. Tra- I don't care what you say. I know I've been playing a lot of Streets of Rage 4, but those, having three whip guys was straight out of a beat-em-up game, and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, before that, I should clarify. Um, Walker says to his brother, take the girl, Mariana, and um, use her as a hostage. Take the Gato and the girl. Take Get to the airfield. Get out of town. Uh, if as soon as you're out of town, kill the girl. And they're about to drive away when Travis sees that and jumps in a car and crashes into their car and uh, then knocks out or kills uh, Walken's brother and then takes the gato. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then uh, while... Uh, it's actually kind of cool to fight with the three whip guys uh, yeah. while uh, um, Beck is like flipping and kicking and trying to stop them. And, and the best part is that he gets two of the whip guys, uh, guns. he gets two of their guns and then kicks them away and shoots them with their own guns, which is great. Yeah. And then the third whip guy, um, I'm not sure, how does he kill him? I'm trying to remember. I remember. I remember. Okay, so what happens is he's about to get shot by a guy on the roof, and then Travis shoots that guy. His gun falls into his hands, and then he shoots the whip guy with it, I think. I thought he was. I thought when he got that gun, he pointed it at um, Christopher Walken, not... Um... No, he shot the whip guy, and then he pointed it at Christopher Walken. Oh, okay. Well, all right. At least that's how I remember it. It's know? a really cool fight sequence. It, it's worth watching. I, I'm, per, I'm like 90% sure that's what happened. Okay. You might have to rewatch it and correct me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'll assume that's correct. If not, it's close enough. I remember because I remember that sequence. Because I remember a sequence where Travis shoots a guy, his gun falls into Rock's hand, and the Rock shoots somebody, but it's mm-hmm. not Christopher Walking because he doesn't shoot him. Okay, fair enough. That's probably it. I, I remember the Travis shooting the guy on the roof, and then the gun landing in the Rock's hands, but I don't remember him shooting anybody. But I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what happens. Travis could have run away. Uh, with the gato, but he chooses to stay behind and save the rock's life. And then, as soon as the rock turns around, um, Travis is gone with the gato. Like he waves and then leaves. Yeah. But uh, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. But uh, the um, then Christopher Walken walks out. Yeah. And he has a great speech about how oh, he's, he's just so great as a person, and you, you guys can't. are so freaking ignorant. Yeah. He you, you he could you had nothing. You didn't even have, I, got, I gave you jobs and a purpose. It's a little money in your pocket. Before I showed up, you didn't even have pockets. Like, and Basically how he was the greatest dude to ever happen to this town, even though these people have le- literally been tortured to death in mines. Yeah, they don't, he doesn't care. Like, they, you, I, my back was hurting looking at some of the stuff they were doing. My skin people. was hurting. Everything was hurting looking at it. Because, like, th- literally it looked like some of the people have been burned and yeah. everything. It's just... Yeah, well, when they're going to the Gato, um, there's a sequence where, um, when they're going to the Gato under the waterfall, where uh, Travis tries to light 
a match to see where he's going and it ignites some, a methane pocket yeah. that explodes. And I'm wondering if that was meant to be a comment on that. Maybe the mines are full of methane, so yeah. a lot of his... A lot of his people have been burned. I mean, like, when I mention the whip guys, I need to remember, we need to remember that the whip guys weren't just there for generic, oh, there's guys that fight with whips. They were used to whip people. Yeah. Like, you could see an example of where a guy... He's trying to get money so, for the gold, Yeah, and, he's and not then he gets enough. frustrated, grabs the gold, and then gets whipped, basically. For and, it, and then loses all the money. Yeah, and loses all his gold for it. <sighs> it's pretty horrifying, honestly, if you put any real thought into it. Yeah, um, he, this is a movie that, that I think this is why it also didn't do too well. is because, like, it, some of the stuff they were showing was extremely serious, but they were showing it in a comedy action film, you yeah. know? My, uh, the part that was making my backache is that they show these, like, into the mine, there are all these ladders. Yeah. And they're just making the people carry their gold up on their backs. And I'm yeah. like, climb the ladders. I'm like... Couldn't you have, like, a bucket or something to pull up from there? Like, like even the Egyptians had things like water and levers yeah. and wheels where yeah. you could, like... A rope would accomplish a this. A rope and a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> but it was cheaper not to have that. Yeah. So, anyway, so Hatcher gives this long speech. Christopher Walken sells the hell out of it. The best part about the speech is that Beck says uh, option one is still on the table. And then Hatcher says, option one doesn't work for me. And he keeps trying to grab his gun and shoot people. And every time he does, one of the villagers shoots him. Yeah, he got shot a couple times. Yeah, was like, which was great was, during his speech. Yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, maybe he was selling the hell of it, out of it to the people who were watching the movie. But, like, he did not convince the villagers at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they, they shot the shit out of him. That was great. And then finally he gets shot, like, the last two times. And then he says, okay, I'm done. Mr. Beck, I will take option one. And then he starts walking out of town, and then he gets, like, maybe 20 feet, and then he drops to his knees. Walken literally says, oh, shit. And then he yeah. falls over dead. Uh, so, yeah, he should have taken it earlier. Yeah. He should have taken it. Like, everybody who's challenged Beck in this movie, he should have just taken. He's the John Wick of this movie. He's oh, yeah. proto John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Where... I can totally see him in the John Wick universe. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as... Maybe as, like, a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a theory that the John Wick universe also includes the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie and the mechanic starring Jason Statham because those movies make a lot more sense if you think they I take like place the in John Wick. Mrs. Smith movie. Yeah, <laughs> if you think of that taking place in the John Wick film where there's just tons of assassins everywhere, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so I could add the rundown if I really wanted to. Maybe Beck was, uh, maybe that's where Beck got trained. <laughs> Maybe he, he worked wrong for... Wrong place with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, he was recruited by the same guys that trained John Wick, and then he just got out of it and became an enforcer as opposed to an assassin. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, so... We'll make our own cinematic universe. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it will make it. <laughs> it will make sense to us, Megan. It will make sense to us. <laughs> so uh, after that, um, Mariana... He, uh, Beck says thank you to Mariana, but he's sorry, and he failed to give her the gato. And then she goes, well, I failed to get you Travis. And then he goes, you mean this Travis and this gato? And Travis walks in carrying the gato. And it turns out that this was actually a bit the other character-developing moment for yeah. him, where he chose You're to right. come back. I forgot about this moment. He chose to come back. He didn't have to. 
But he chose to. I'm guessing he thought that The Rock would probably just let him go. Probably, <laughs> but he also knew he'd be giving up the money, half of the money. He could have gotten away with all the money from the Gato if that's what he was after. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so he hands the Gato over to her and says, "Don't settle for less than 12.6 million. Make sure they get my name right." And then he turns to um, Beck and he says, "Well." Beck goes, you know, you actually impressed me in this. And then he grabs him and cuffs him and takes him away and says, I told you, I'm giving you no no breaks for anyone. No breaks for anyone. <laughs> and then he gets him, and then the, they he drags him out of there, and then they get him back to uh, the same mansion at the start of the movie with his, uh, Travis's father. Mm-hmm. And Travis's father starts, like, he punches him or slaps him a he couple s- times. He slapped. I, I don't, it was the one time where he got hit, and I was like, oh, <laughs> the line was, uh, his father goes, oh, you look skinny. And he goes, yeah, running for my life is great, is great exercise. Ha, that's great. That's great. Funny exercise. That's very, very, and he slaps him. And it was just kind of like, oh, you you prick. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Beck says, okay, are we are we good? Are we square, basically? Are we square, older Travis guy and mm-hmm. uh, old, older Walker guy? Yeah. Walker, the, the boss. And he goes, yeah. Bill you- or Billy? Billy, I think. He goes, yeah. I, you, I walked him right through that, that door. Exactly what you wanted. So are we square? He goes, yeah, you, we're square. 250 large for your restaurant. And he goes, okay, well, before I leave, guys, I want to share something with you. I learned this great little tradition down in Brazil where you, uh, you celebrate good news by sharing a fruit called conlagos with a K. <laughs> and he cuts up the fruit and gives it to them, and then they start going through the paralyzing bubble vision. <laughs> and uh, Travis is having all sorts of fun <laughs> He's like, with hey, this. Dad, check out this face. <laughs> <laughs> He's having all sorts of fun with it. I, I laughed at that one. Well, I'll admit it. I'm I'm still 13 at heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all are at some point. Uh, and then um, Beck walks over to him as as uh, the older Walker is passing out, and he says, "I walked him right through that that door, Billy. Right through that door. So we are square." Don't come after me. And then he walks out and uh, with Travis, and he pushes Travis. He says, get in the car. And Travis goes, hey, none of this pushing shit. You know, you basically just, we just, thank you for helping me out, but we basically just evened out here because I saved your life. So we're not having any more of this pushing shit. And, and Beck's like, are you serious right now? And he goes, do you want to you do something? You want to do something? How about Mr. Lightning? And how about, I know you know his friend, Mr. Thunder. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, I'm just kidding. Let's go. And then Beck's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Oh, yeah. When they were walking out, he's like, maybe you should just go take him out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, are you going to go? He's like, you can go back in there and do your job. I'm going to wait right here. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it. This movie did not have a uh, music video, uh, surprisingly. Sad. It did, have, it did <laughs> have a song. I'm pretty sure it was written for it. Yeah, I think... They had it in the movie. I forgot what they called it. Uh, it's called uh, Run That by Rhymefest. Never heard of it. Never heard of them. Never heard of that song outside of this movie. Uh, it was okay. Uh, it felt like a, mo- a song from like an 80s film. It like, definitely wasn't as funny as the last two music yeah. videos. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's it. Uh, the Rundown, in my opinion, is a is a solid little movie. Yeah, uh, it's not the greatest movie. I- no. It's not the funnest movie, but I did have fun with it. There were some elements in it that I'm just like, eh, 
I still think the editing could have been a lot better. Yeah, they could have filmed the action scenes a little bit cleaner too. Yeah. Uh, but they, that's mainly just the influence of the era and the, a lot it's of the the American pie humor just doesn't work. No, when it doesn't it does pop work. up. But there isn't much of it, thankfully. Yeah, it's it doesn't work for this kind of movie. It it would have been fine to have a little bit of humor yeah. in there, but trying to go for like, oh look, the the ape with the heart on joke. Yeah. The, the best uh, the best part of this movie, honestly, besides the the actual legitimate, not just charm but calm like certainty that the the rock had performing, like the natural yeah. natural chemistry he had. Yeah, it was uh, good. Aside from him, was Rosario Dawson's character. She was written really well and she was acted really well because she never gets unnecessarily naked. You you think the whole movie she's going to end up hooking up with the Rock? Never happens. Never even never even debated that it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you think uh, she's going to hook up with one of the guys at first. You think it's going to be Travis, then you find out it's play, he, she's playing him, and then there's like this chemistry thing that they got going with the Rock, which doesn't happen. And I'm like, well, that's refreshing. Up. Yeah, and when she knocks them out, not because she's a villain, but because she wants to make sure they don't change their mind, that makes a lot of sense. So and she they doesn't don't break just a, their deal. Yeah, and she doesn't just leave them there dead. She she def- makes sure they're going to be okay because she leaves the, the fire going and everything like that. She tells yeah. them how to get out of there. She does a smart, if I wouldn't say evil, but cautionary step, but she does it smartly and honorably in a way that made a lot of sense. It, it reminded me a bit of the um, the thing we were talking about in the last episode with the harem disarming the rock while yeah. they were playing. Like, that's a smart move that when confronted with someone the rock size, you have to think strategically about how you're going to deal with him, especially you if you're You can't just, in. like, knock him out. You're not going to yeah. be able to punch him. She doesn't have a gun, so she's not going to shoot him. And, mm. she do- and I get the feeling she doesn't want to shoot them anyway. No, she's not a villain, which I like. I was very worried she was going to turn out to be a villain in the story. And it turns out she isn't, which I was well, very I happy about. Well, I wasn't worried, but I was happy that... Well, when she knocked she them out, when she drugged them, that was why I was oh, afraid yeah. they were going with I that. I get what you're saying. I was afraid it was going to turn out she was actually a bad guy, that she was playing Hatcher and Travis and the Rebels off each other to get rich. But they didn't do that, which no, I'm very glad about. No, she really was very much for her people. Which I'm, I was happy about that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the guy playing Travis did a good enough job. Like I said, walking the line between someone I am perfectly happy watching get punched regularly, but also at later in the movie nearly gets like blown up in that bus. And actually do feel bad when he does get punched by his own father. Yeah, but when he was in the bus nearly getting blown up, I was yeah. legitimately worried for him. I was so, like, oh shit, hurry up. Yeah, <laughs> hurry up, Beck, go kill people. So I... I wow. That's a, very, that's a very narrow margin to walk with a character, and he did a good enough job with it. Plus, this is probably the only thing of starring him that I've actually seen because I'm that I remember fondly. Because yeah. I've never seen the American Pie movies, and I don't think I'd like them that much if I had. Yeah. Um, especially now. I don't think I really don't think I would enjoy that humor at this point in my life. No. Um Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so overall the rundown's a good little movie. If you like um, slightly over-the-top action movies, uh, particularly with a kind of Indiana Jones twists to them uh, I, in a beautiful setting. We didn't talk about how beautiful that they filmed in, I think we mentioned they filmed in Hawaii as doubling for Brazil. Yeah. We should mention they used that scenery well. It it's looked gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's a couple of great camera shots where they're like overhead and they show where the heroes are then they'll they'll zoom out and then zoom in on where the bad guys are and you can see how far away it's they are. It's a good, like, good way to show where they are relative to each other and it also just shows off the, the beauty of the na- of the nature like this wasn't quite lord of the rings level of, of no, nothing, land porn no but <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nobody loves 
uh, New Zealand as much as those movies do. No. <laughs> uh, but it does a good job showing off how beautiful uh, Hawaii is. Um, I know it's it's wearing a Brazil name tag. flag, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely... It's nice to see. Yeah, and it's a, it's a beautiful movie. I, I would say it's legitimately good. What number would you give it? Because you gave the last one like a C plus. Would you rate this one higher or lower than Scorpion King? Oh, I didn't even remember I did race rating. <laughs> you said C plus. I said B minus for Scorpion King. Oh yeah, as a one off thing. Um, well, I just meant. Do you think this is better or worse than the Scorpion King? I'm not um, saying for a specific amount. I just in relation okay, to the last movie. It's kind of weird because I think as a movie it's better than Scorpion King, but I had a lot more fun watching Scorpion King, mostly because it was. I haven't really done this with the previous movies The Rock was in because, or the Voyager appearance, because he isn't in any of them long enough to really be affecting of the story. Yeah. But the Scorpion King was his first leading role, and I was wondering how we felt about that one. And this one, you think, is a better movie, but it's a little less fun. Yeah. I, I would probably agree with that. I think it's overall a better movie. It has a better story, more yeah. logic to it. I still think it needed another couple rewrites honestly but it's it's definitely better acted and there's a couple of jokes in here but both the the american pie-esque jokes but also the the guy with the accent that yeah. are clearly meant to be funny but they don't really land yeah and so like i said yeah so at least not for us as a movie i think it's better but like i mean I said, humor is subjective yeah as a movie i think it's better but i really do just i i I just had so much fun watching Scorpion King. I had mo a lot of fun watching Longshot, really. Yeah, <laughs> that, but he's in that so little, I really that, didn't that feel it. No, that doesn't matter, so... I mean, if I was to rate these, I would say just the movies. I would say probably my favorite movie so far has been Mummy Returns, uh, followed by probably this, just from a filmmaking perspective, and then Scorpion King below that, and then yeah. Longshot below that, because it's so bad it's good. Yeah. But I can't say it's as good as actual good movies. No. But I will agree with you that if we're just going by The Rock as the leading role, I would probably say that he's, The Rock is the leading role. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just realized that. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> You're going to go down that hill, Eric? <laughs> the Rock did. Over and over and over again. That's why I made yeah, that joke. He was a... That one flew over your head this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but in any event, um, but yeah, I, I would say this is a better. His acting's better in it. A little bit better. I yeah, wouldn't say it was little, bad in Scorpion King. It's just no, this is honestly, better. It's more natural in this. More na That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. It's more natural. His he seems performance more in this like one. a person rather than a caricature a bit. Than a than a moving object with lines. <laughs> a good way of putting it. Uh, but I would say that the Scorpion King has better set pieces. Yeah. Like the set the action set pieces in this one are good, but there's not that many of them, and the few that are there are not also, as over the top as the Scorpion also, King. Also, I I'm not I I I enjoyed the um his antagonistic relationship in the Scorpion King better than I did with him and Travis in this movie. You mean with Michael Clark Duncan or with Arpid? Mark, Mark Michael Clark Duncan. Okay, because Michael Clark Duncan's only in it like I two know, or three scenes. But I just really love Michael Clark Duncan. Okay? I don't blame you for that, but I'm saying if you're talking about an antagonistic no, relationship throughout the whole movie, it would right. be more equivalent I didn't mean to like the Arpid. Whole, I know. I didn't mean like throughout the whole movie. I mean just like in general. But hmm. I know it's confusing. I, I 
No, no, I just, I was trying to clarify which one you meant. Because yeah, he I had antagonistic relationships with a lot of people in that movie. True, but I, I just prefer, I, I just really like Michael Clark Duncan, I'll admit it. We talked enough about how much we miss him. We missed him a lot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm biased. This is not an unopinionated, like... It's a, Megan, we're doing a, a review show. This is, we're entitled to be opinionated, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> If we're not doing saying our opinions, then we're not doing our job. Yeah, honestly, though, like, yeah. But, yeah, his acting is a little more natural in this one, and it's, it's just better, and he feels like more of a person and all that stuff. So it's just, like, not much to say, really. Yeah, I would say this is a good enough movie. It's, what, an hour and 40 minutes? This is an hour and four minutes. That can't be an hour and four minutes. This is 104. Then it's 104 minutes. It's an hour and 44. Oh, I said an hour, didn't I? Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I meant to say 104 minutes. So Sorry. an hour and 44 minutes. I would, again, say this one's well worth an hour and 44 minutes of your day. Yeah. Um, the next movie we'll be reviewing is the Walking Tall movie from 2004. I kind of vaguely remember that one. I don't think I saw the whole thing, though. Well, neither of us have actually seen it all the way through, I think. Yeah, I think um, I saw parts of it because my parents had it. I've heard that it isn't stellar, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This will be the first movie that either of us are watching that neither of us have seen all the way through. So yeah, it'll be an interesting new, new thing for us to do on this. Uh, I knew we get to. A I few know days. for a fact that I remember the advertisements for it. Oh yeah, the advertisements I remember everywhere because it was supposed to be. Oh, it's The Rock in. Even, yeah, I guess, walking Tall, which was a big thing, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't very. I, I wasn't into that kind of stuff at the time. I was too busy watching Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, I love the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> okay. We're all entitled to love whatever we love, Megan. Uh, I'm trying to Eric's see... Eric's a loser and didn't watch the show. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know much about... I know... Oh, I was also into Spongebob. Well, good for you. <laughs> hey, Spongebob in early seasons is great. <laughs> <laughs> he also didn't see that. No, I didn't. All right, so anyway, that's the, uh, that's the movie we're going to be covering next time. Uh, anybody who wants to uh, to keep up with us, feel free to do so. Uh, in the meantime, have a good time. Stay safe. Uh, try to keep your try to keep your you and your family close by, but try to be you know keeping up with social distancing. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I hope we all help each other through these rough era, this rough era of American history. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Eric, wishing you all the best, and I'm here with my other host. And. I'm going to have a nap after this. You want to say your name? Oh, oh, it's Megan. (laughs) Sorry, I'm tired. All right, you guys have a good day. Stay safe. Uh, We love you all, and um, best to you. Have a good day. Bye.